0: Hi, this is God is Real, God is Good, and this is Camus, and welcome back to this week's episode. This week, we have Lexi here with us, and Lexi, I'm here at Camp Alaka. kind of have a theme going on there. Everybody out there, we're like, we need your testimonies. So, <laughs> Hey, Lexi, thanks for coming and doing this. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. <laughs> why don't you tell us where you're from?
1: I am from East Texas. Um, I don't know if you know Texas area at all. Um, but I'm from a small town called Palestine, okay. and it's uh, a little outside of Tyler, two hours south of Dallas.
0: Mm-hmm. I do know where Dallas is.
1: Yeah, everyone knows Dallas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so that's... Texas girl. Yay, <laughs> Texas. Everything's bigger there, apparently. Appa- I think so.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a great state. Great state.
0: So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your religious background, how you grew up and what kind of religion or what, if you had religion in your life?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was born into a Christian household. Um, both of my parents, super mature in their faith, um, followers of Christ, love the Lord. And that was a big aspect in how they raised me and my three older sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, every Sunday, every Wednesday, they would take us to church with them. Um, I was actually also born and raised in the same church my whole life. Um, Yep, First Baptist church, Palestine, Texas. Um, and they're super involved there. My dad is a deacon. Um, they both teach Sunday school together. Wednesday night, my dad's in men's Bible study. My mom leads women's Bible study. Um, and again, they've I mean, I'm 19. They've been involved even longer than that. So more than 20 years they've been pouring into this church. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, cool. it's it's great. And so growing up in that church, um, truly having a church family there who I've gotten to know my whole life as well, um, them pouring into my life has been such a blessing. So. Wow,
0: that's so cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So obviously you have your story to tell, but would you mind if we prayed real quick before we got into that? I'd love that. Thanks. Dear Father in Heaven, just thank you for Lexi that she was able to come and share her story with us and just bless her with the words, Lord, to just touch people's hearts and just give her the words to glorify you and to show all the great things that you've done in her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Lexi, how about you tell us your story about how you know God is real and how he's been working in your life?
1: Yes. So like I said, born and raised into a Christian home three older sisters as well, who they also have been a big part of my of my story pouring into me as well. Um so parents took me to church all the time, involved in all kinds of activities with that. Mm-hmm. Um and then at home my parents would also do devotions with us at night. Oh, yeah. Um really encouraging me also to have quiet time every morning by myself, like doing everything you can possibly imagine to push us closer to the Lord. Yeah. Um, So that included school too. They put me in a private Christian school, um, kindergarten through fourth grade, and it was in first grade. Actually, every day we would start off by our teacher just leading us in devotions. That's cool. And yeah, it was awesome. And so this one day in first grade, I was seven years old, and um, my teacher did the devotion like always, and Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was. Can't tell you, Um, but I do know that it just hit me different that day. Just realizing my sin and how my sin has gone against a perfect and holy God and how that has separated me from him. Um, and how I am so undeserving of his love and his grace, yet he has given that anyway through the death of his son on the cross Mm. and the beautiful gift that it, that is, um, and realizing that I wanted Christ in my life and I wanted to give my life to him. And so, the day passed, my mom picked me up from school and jumped in the car. First thing I told her was, Mom, I want to be saved. And of course, she was absolutely ecstatic for me. Yeah. Um, and she asked me why, and I don't remember what I said, But I do know she was like, let's wait till your dad gets home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad got home that night. We went into their room, and um, he led me in prayer where I just sat there. Um, admitting my sins to the Lord, asking for forgiveness, and um confessing my belief in him and and then I came out of the room and my three older sisters were there celebrating with me in the decision that I had just made. So um fun. yeah, it was awesome, but after that nothing changed in my life. I continued um just being a selfish little kid. As <laughs> um we all are. As we all are. Um I, it was such a goal of mine, even at such a young age, to be Little Miss Popular, mm-hmm. um, to have the cool friends, and to be the cool girl at school. Yeah. And so those are the kind of friends that I surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did everything that we could to to have that that cool image, even if that meant tearing others down. And, and so those people that are less cool, we would mm-hmm. tease, um, make fun of them, and... And it's something that I knew was wrong in the moment. Like, as you're saying those things to those people, you can see the pain in their eyes. Yeah. I just simply didn't care enough and, and continued to do that just for selfish gain and to have this cool image, even though mm-hmm. I definitely didn't
0: have it. <laughs> for whatever reason, like, you say those mean things. You're just like... Yeah they deserve it or however you justify it in your mind Mm -hmm. so you can just like say the most mean things and exactly doesn't affect you no right
1: trying to justify it and but it was so wrong and Mm -hmm. yeah and then at home too um just being the youngest just this little sassy bratty kid um my like my Papal, he actually literally nicknamed me the Brat. Like, <laughs> all other grandkids got such sweet little nicknames, and I just got the Brat. Like, that's who I was. <laughs> um, and so that's that was how I continued until um, in fifth grade. Like I said, up to that point, it was at a private Christian school. Mm-hmm. And then fifth grade, my parents made the decision to switch us over to being homeschooled, okay. um, which – I wasn't too hesitant to. My sisters had already been doing it for a year before me, Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of was seeing them do it. Um, And my parents, actually super weird, super different, but instead of my mom homeschooling me at the beginning, I was homeschooled by um, a different family. So Mm -hmm. her name was Miss Patty. She was homeschooling me along with her two older daughters. Um, They're probably like juniors, seniors in high school, so they were older. Um,
0: just a little
1: bit, just a little bit. (laughs) Um, but still, still young girls too. And that's what really impressed me with them, um, was just their passion for the Lord. Like Mm. they had a true relationship with him, a true love for the Lord. And it was so evident in their life, so evident in everything that they did. Um, not just like their parents' faith, but definitely their own. And watching that, um, my fifth grade year, It was just definitely something that I knew I wanted in my life and Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually have a relationship with Christ and let him come and change my life. And so as you do with anyone else, when you have a relationship with them, I began to actually pursue Christ and, and dig into my word, um, begin praying with him. Mm -hmm. And through that, then conviction began to come on how I was living my life, right? And the sin Mm -hmm. that I was in. And so, um, I realized those friends that we were um, picking on others to be cool; mm-hmm. those people were not pushing me towards Christ. No. And so, over maybe the next year, I slowly began to kind of cut off relationships with them, mm-hmm. which okay. was not easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just imagine, like, when you're little and you like don't have a lot of friends, or like you know you're right. really close with your friends really quick. Like, oh yeah. And just like to have to cut that off, like at such a young age, I imagine Mm -hmm. that's pretty hard because like that's like that takes a lot of self-will and conviction. And like when you're young, those things are a lot harder.
1: It was very, very difficult. Um, And I was in a season without friends for quite a few years, actually. It wasn't something that the Lord quickly came in and provided me with. Mm -hmm. Um, But that season without friends was so needed um, Mm -hmm. for my personal growth with Christ Like, I can't even explain what those years, um, looked like for me and also such growth for me and my family. Um, Mm -hmm. so sixth grade, my mom eventually did feel comfortable enough to begin homeschooling me and my sisters. Mm -hmm. So we left with Miss Patty and my mom began homeschooling us. And so I'm spending 24 seven with my (laughs) sisters, (laughs) like it or not, um, and, and they honestly kind of began entering the same season as I did. Mm-hmm. Like, we all began kind of leaving our friends at the same time as our family entered homeschooling. Yeah. And so it was really a sweet time of us all becoming each other's friends. Um, oh, yeah. And I can truly say now, like, my sisters are my best friends. I love them to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were growing together, we were growing in Christ together. My yeah. second oldest sister... Um, there was a season where she began doing Bible study with me and my other sister. Oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, and just a time where we were able to encourage one another. Of Like I said, all of us didn't really have a lot of friends at the time. Mm. Encouraging each other in that um, and just truly growing together and those few years was super, super sweet.
0: Yeah, like, growing up being homeschooled, like, I can definitely relate to that, like, Mm -hmm. the social aspect is kind of, like, something that's really hard to get, so, like, often, like, you kind of, like, maybe grow up with a bit fewer friends, but, like, having those siblings, like, I have two older sisters myself yeah. and like just growing up together and growing in the Lord and like learning these new concepts together. And then like Kylie and I are doing this podcast together. Right. Like it's so just, cool. I know. It's so amazing. Like God just brings you together. Like your relationship with your sister grows so tight as it grows like tighter, like your individual relationships with the Lord. And, yes. Like, that's such a blessing to have in your life. And I'm like just so glad that you have it. <laughs> <I'm>, like, <laughs> me too. It is such a sweet gift. I absolutely love it. So this was definitely a big time of growth for your family and you were growing close together in the Lord. And so like, where did you guys go from there? Like, what was the direction in your life?
1: Yeah. Um, So like I said earlier, I was born and raised into the same Mm -hmm. church my whole life. Um, And so during this time for my family, a lot of our church began to take notice of just personal convictions my family is walking in, mm-hmm. um, the way of life that we were doing, because it's very different from what you see the world doing. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Very different. Um, and then we also, we live in a very small town, um, mm. and my dad is a dentist there, so his name is kind of well-known. If I don't know the person, they most likely know me anyway. Like, walk into the grocery store, oh, there's one of the witty girls. Oh. <laughs> um, that dentist's daughter over there. And so... As our family began making all of these changes, people began taking notice Mm -hmm. and commenting on it and giving us praise for that, Um, which is great. But I, being, what, like 12, Mm -hmm. really grabbed hold of those praises to the extreme and um, kind of idolized that in a way Mm -hmm. and began to get so wrapped up in that and my image and just getting caught up in, oh, now I have to maintain this perfect image that people mm-hmm. think that I am and that our family is. Yeah. um And strive so hard to, to keep that image and not let people know, here's some sin that I'm struggling with, doing mm-hmm. all that I could to hide it um, from my family, from the community, from my church family, just from everybody. Yeah. And maintaining this perfect image of who I thought
0: they thought I was. Yeah, I think as like a young child, if you're praised a lot for like the good things you do, because that like was a lot of like me as a child. Like I was in the middle, so like my sisters mm-hmm. were hell on wheels, so I was the good child. And like you get that praise and you're like, okay, so I'm gonna be this good child and I'm yes. gonna get more of this praise. And you kinda latch on to that love. Yes. And then like you're like then you have perfection standards, which yes. can be really hard to maintain and like exactly a lot of stress and equal pressure. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely get what you're saying about like maintaining these perfect standards and like, you know, we can't let anyone see your sin and that can be
1: Exactly. It's such a weight that we cannot carry because we are incapable of being perfect on our own, right? And <laughs> yeah. Yet definitely. that's what I was striving for and striving for. And it is only Christ who who makes us perfect and makes mm-hmm. us enough. And I completely was forgetting Christ, forgetting the work that He had done in my life and trying to do it on my own
0: yeah and like when you're maintaining these perfect standards that's exactly what we go to like we forget God in the midst of it because like because when you have God so close to you you see all of your sinfulness and your wickedness because mm-hmm. he's just so beautiful and so glorious like you just yes. feel like a wretch so you pull away from him so you can feel that perfection and it's it's such a dangerous road no like, it is it is and I walked in that for so long until probably. Um,
1: summer after my senior year, Mm -hmm. I was at um, a Christian camp and they have sessions. And then after each session, you break up into small groups. So I was with my small group and I finally just felt the Holy Spirit convicting me Mm -hmm. to open up about a sin that I had been struggling with. And one of those sins that I had kept hidden, right? Because I had yeah. this perfect image to maintain.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and I finally opened up about that and as soon as I did, just a weight lifted off my shoulders, mm-hmm. truly experiencing freedom in Christ for the first time. Wow. Um like it says in Romans, right? Like no condemnation in Christ, and that is something that we should truly live in. Mm-hmm. Um and it was such a sweet time for me. And honestly, something that I still have to remind myself of a Mm -hmm. lot um, because it's easy to slip into that continuously. It is. Um, But remembering those moments where Christ has done those works in your life and not Mm -hmm. forgetting them and clinging to them um, so that when those temptations to fall back into that arises, Mm -hmm. I can turn back to those moments and turn back to truth.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely and like when you struggle with perfectionism like at least for me like it's so easy to like even when you really love God to like because you want to please him so you want to do all the right things to keep slipping mm-hmm. into it but like one of the big things that I remember or like have to remind myself is you know like God can glorify those weaknesses like exactly talks about in like Philippians about like how, I will boast in my infirmities and my insufficiencies or whatever the exact wording is because in that weakness, I am made like God that I am is made strong and that's such a powerful experience and just, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Right here. Second Corinthians 12 verse nine says, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, Yeah, and what an awesome truth, just realizing it is okay for me to allow people to see my sin, right? Mm -hmm. I am a sinner and that's why I need a savior. Exactly. And so I will boast in my weaknesses because that is where Christ's strength is shown. Mm -hmm. Um, Ephesians 2 has also been an awesome passage um i'll just read verse 1 through 10 but it says and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of your works, least anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work, works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. So just like it says in, in verse 8 and 9, it's not of yourself, it's not of your works, it's not um, something you can do on your own, right? Mm-hmm. It's through Christ. So that we can boast only in Him, and that is the mindset that I'm trying to seek after.
0: Definitely, it's definitely one hard to achieve because we so often get caught up in ourselves. But it's definitely what we should aim for. And what a glory! Like Mm -hmm. you know, it's not our works; it's not the things we do. Like even like the things that people perceive as our works, like they're actually God just working through us. You know, in our words, in our actions, in our speech, just working in us and really like just pointing it all towards him exactly yes yes all glory be to christ right even Mm -hmm. in our weaknesses amen Mm -hmm. so lexi what difficult situations are you talking about when you say that
1: Mm. yeah uh for me personally a difficult situation i walk through um in my life is just my relationship with my dad Mm -hmm. um i've kind of heard it described before maybe of I guess a category you might put him in as a dad would be not a good dad but not mm. a bad dad at the same time just kind of that I like that mediocre in between yeah so he is so good at at financially providing for us he works so hard at doing that but as soon as he gets home he'll go straight into his room turn that TV on or video games mm. and there are some days where I I won't even see him all day long like he'll just go straight in there and won't even come out and say hi wow. um just definitely a lack of relationship there with him mm-hmm. um and so that has been a big struggle in my life just um feeling like I deserve to be treated better by him feeling mm-hmm. like I deserve more love by him like He's my dad, right? I shouldn't have moments where sometimes I'm questioning, do you even love me? Mm. Um, But those come a lot, actually. Um, He is not one to give a lot of praise either, but he is definitely one to give his criticism and, hey, here's where you need to improve. Mm. And so that's some of the only things that I hear from him is just pointing out, your your struggles Mm. and your weaknesses and here's how you need to get better you need to get better Mm -hmm. but not hearing any praise from my dad Mm. is so hurtful um
0: I'm sure that's especially hard because like you struggle with that perfectionism yeah to constantly be critiqued and to just not be told you know like see you are enough as you are like Mm -hmm. I love you as you are like Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's really hard because then you're like oh you know I'm not sure if this is your exact thoughts this is just me like if I were yeah. You, no. No. Yeah. I'm you're like, right. If I achieve like these standards, or I fix these criticisms, then maybe it'll be enough, and then maybe he'll love me. But like, it never comes because mm-hmm. he just can't say those words or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so, years of of that being our relationship, and that being all that I'm hearing. Um, but for such a long time, I continue to just have such hope mm-hmm. that he would change. Yeah. that I would eventually get that dad that I want, that I was pushing him up to maintain certain standards mm-hmm. and hoping that one day he would get there. Um, yeah. And one day we would have that relationship that I saw my friends having with their dads.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then one one time when I was 14 years old, uh, I was in my my closet getting ready to go somewhere that night And my dad just got home from work Mm -hmm. and my sister right above me, she thought it would be really funny to hide the TV remote from him. Mm -hmm. Um and so that's what she did and my dad got home and for some reason he assumed that I was the one who had taken that and hid it. And so he came in the closet and um was like, Lexi, where's that TV remote? And I genuinely had no answer to give him. I was not the one who hid it. I had no idea where (laughs) it could be um and he began to raise his voice at me not believing me Mm. and I didn't know what else to say or what else to do because I was not the one who who had taken it and he continued to get more and more angry at me and I eventually ended up in the corner of my closet in some way and my dad came over there to me again very angry very loud began Mm -hmm. to raise his hand up And before he could do anything, um, one of my sisters ran in and jumped in between us and Mm -hmm. kind of pushed my dad back. Um, And he just marched out of the house, jumped in his car, drove away, not really sure where he went, what he did. Um, And that was a moment where it finally hit me that my dad was not going to change the hope that I had for him and, Mm -hmm. and all that I wanted him to be is never going to happen. Like I just had to let that go. Um, and also just a moment where I also just felt, um, such peace at the same time, like in a moment where I had every right to be mad at him, to be upset Mm -hmm. with him. I wasn't, um, the next day when I saw him, I was able to continue to respond in love towards him. And it was definitely not of my own strength. Like that situation was, was heated and messy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christ right there from that moment in, in the next few years really just began teaching me. I am your true father, right? Mm-hmm. Like you do have dad r- problems, but that's okay because I am your true father and I am a good father. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am not one who promotes my kids to wrath. Um, as it says in, in Ephesians chapter six, I believe where it gives instructions of how a father is supposed to raise their children. Right. Mm -hmm. Which just shows us more of God's character yeah. and who he truly is as a father. And he is the one who who loves me more than anyone else will be capable of loving me. And I have to be okay with that. Like yeah. that is enough for me. If my relationship with my dad is never um, truly restored and redeemed and in, in what it should be,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can find rest in that and I can be okay with that because I have a true father mm-hmm. who loves me more than I even deserve right like I'm not even deserving of of God's love and grace yet he has
0: showed it to me anyway Mm -hmm. um that's so powerful because earthly love will fail us like even our own parents love like they're not perfect so they'll fall short but like we have that father there for us like when our own parents mess up he's there like when they don't have the words he's there like with the bible like pouring in those words that we need to hear and he's like this all-loving one that no matter how much we mess up or how far we've fallen he's like i love you my child exactly
1: exactly and what a beautiful picture that is and and something that i want to seek to be like right like Mm -hmm my heavenly father is who I want to mold to be like, not my earthly father. And, um, and my dad, he's someone as well, like our family, like I said earlier, just receiving praise from Mm -hmm. community and from our church family. And my dad definitely gets that as well, being a deacon in the church and, Mm -hmm. um, dentist in the community. Like he gets so much praise, yet I see him come home and kind of just drop his cross at the door and Mm -hmm. not serve and lead his family as he should be doing. Um, but everyone else thinking he's just the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and seeing like, I was kind of picking up those tendencies though too. Like I Mm -hmm. would serve in my youth group, serve in my church, serve in my community, um, in schools and things like that. And then kind of come home and leave my cross at the door too. Mm -hmm. But realizing I don't have to conform to, my dad, either right? Like, mm-hmm. I want to conform and be like Christ, because He has saved me from my sin and taken me out of that, and I don't have to live in that anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But He is redeeming me and restoring me.
0: Mm-hmm. We don't have to be like earthly parents, like mm-hmm. as children. Like we grow up and we see the faults and the flaws of our parents, and as we get older, we're like, oh no, we're turning into them. <laughs> but God's like, you don't have to. Like, you could just turn into me like I'm your father too like you can pick up my traits and my tendencies and you can be molded after me I mean that works too if that's something you want (laughs) Uh uh-huh exactly (laughs) no definitely no thank you Lexi for coming and sharing your story it's been such a blessing to talk with you and just get to hear your story and your perspective and God is definitely blessed so thank you for that
1: yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Camus. I I enjoy sharing my testimony and um, sharing the ways that I have seen God being real and good, right? He <laughs> is our good father, mm-hmm. and I can testify that in my life for sure.
0: All right, well, thank you, and goodbye. See Bye, you guys. Thanks for week. listening. <laughs> thanks. Thanks.